Hey there and welcome to Soul Church. Our prayer is that this message encourages you wherever you may be in life. You know, we've been hearing so many stories about what God is doing in people's lives and we'd love to hear yours. So take a second and send your story to stories at soulchurch.com. Thanks again for joining us today and we hope that you enjoy the message. God bless. Miracles in May, brand new series we're launching today. Would you stand with me? And we're going to read God's Word. Acts chapter 12. I'm going to read slightly more than I would. In fact, Matt's going to come up and read, um, just so I can rest a little bit uh, my voice, because I want to make sure that uh, I preach this today with the strength it needs. But just before Matt reads this out, uh, the background to the text is the early church, the first church, is growing out of control. They were experiencing growth. They're seeing miracles, signs, and wonders. And the Romans were ruling uh, Israel. And the, the leader of the church, as many of you know, was Peter. He was the ringleader. And Peter is thrown into prison. And the very next day, he's going to be executed. Okay? Who knows it's a good story? Okay? I'm going to call this a prison break story. Okay? And so I want Matt to come and read this. So Peter's just hours away from his execution. And this is what happens next. The very night before Herod was to bring him forward, Peter was sleeping between two soldiers, bound with two chains, and sentries were in front of the door guarding the prison. Suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared beside him, and a light shone in the cell. The angel struck Peter's side and awakened him, saying, Get up quickly. And the chains fell off his hands. The angel said to him, Prepare yourself and strap on your sandals to get ready for whatever may happen. And he did so. Then the angel told him, put on your robe and follow me. And Peter went out following the angel. He did not realize that what was being done by the angel was real, but thought he was seeing a vision. When they had passed the first guard and the second, they came to the iron gate that leads into the city. And of its own accord, it swung open for them. And they went out and went along one street, and at once the angel left him. When Peter came to his senses, he said, Now I know for certain that the Lord has sent his angel and has rescued me from the hand of Herod and from all that the Jewish people were expecting to do to me. When he realized what had happened, he went to the house of Mary, the mother of John, who was also called Mark, where many believers were gathered together and were praying continually and had been praying all night. When he knocked on the door of the gateway, a servant girl named Rhoda came to answer. And recognizing Peter's voice, in her joy, she failed to open the gate, but ran in and announced that Peter was standing in front of the gateway. They said to her, you are out of your mind. But she kept insisting that it was so. They kept saying, it is his angel. But meanwhile, Peter continued knocking. And when they opened the door and saw him, they were completely amazed. Thanks, Matt. All right, Father God, we pray you would bless the reading of your word today. You would bless us as we receive your word, and you'd be blessed as far as we go out this week and we put your word into action. Our Lord, I pray for everyone in the room who is very hot right now and everyone who's at home in the cool, that you would bless them, Father. And Father, this week we would uh, just see the revelation of your word in, in, our, in our every day in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, you can take your seats. Great to have so many students in the house from UEA, from the Art College. Let's thank all of our students, give them a big, big welcome to church. 
I'm told that we had 40 students on buses today, so good, and we're praying for you all in your exams. Study hard, and God will do the rest. All right, let's just reflect on this story a second. Herod's given specific orders to make sure that Peter is never loosed. So they upgrade security. They put 16 soldiers on one prisoner, inside and outside of the, of the gates. In the natural, Peter was doomed. He is chained to one soldier on his left and one soldier on his right. There are 14 other soldiers guarding the inside and the outside of the prison doors. But Peter had a reputation. Days earlier, someone called Dorcas had been raised from the dead as Peter prayed. Ananias had been in bed for eight years and he was raised from his bed. If I was arrested for preaching the gospel, I wonder how many guards they would put on Norwich prison around me. I wonder whether I would be seen as a danger to the prison. Peter had earned those guards. Peter was somebody that Herod feared. Like Peter, we all have an enemy. We all have something or someone that's trying to keep us chained in our situation. And the enemy, which we talked about last week and the week before, is trying to keep people bound in chains. Heavy chains. The scripture says that he had a chain on his left hand and a chain on his right hand. And the enemy wants to keep people, not necessarily in physical chains, but keep God's children in invisible chains. But the good news is, John 8.36 says, if the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. People find themselves locked in spiritual prisons, locked in wrong thinking, locked in destructive habits, locked in debt, locked in situations, and there seems no way out. But Miracles in May is a reminder. I wonder if the greatest miracle this month could be that God sets you free from the chains that have been holding you back. Maybe there seems no way out, but who the Son sets free, if you're watching online, is free indeed. You know, we all have chains. For me, if I had to be honest with you, the two chains which could be, for me, would be fear and doubt. Fear and doubt. Some for you, it could be shame or guilt or habit, things that keep you chained. For me, it would be fear or doubt. Sometimes God gives me a dream or a vision for the future, and then I start thinking how. Then I start getting fearful of how that's even possible in my life, and Fear will always stop you moving forward. And the enemy would love to keep you and I from moving forward. For some of you, the enemy's put chains on your hand. God created you as innovative and creative. God gave you dreams to create, to paint, to draw, to write, to write a book. Yet the enemy, he's put a, a chain around your wrist. He's chained your hands and literally because of fear of what people will think. Fear says you, 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 you can't step out. You don't have what it takes. You're fearful about what someone else might say. So it's easier if you just keep in the chains of what others think about you. 
or what you think about you. And the other chain is the chain of doubt. You know, the enemy loves to make us doubt. Is God really real? Is this just a feeling? Is God on my side? Is, is God really for me? Could God really love me? You know what? We even start doubting ourselves. Am I called to be in church? Am I called to be in ministry? Am I called to be in business? We start doubting our calling. We start doubting whether we're good enough. We start doubting whether we're smart enough. We start doubting, am I good looking enough? And the enemy has got us chained. And he says, you don't have what it takes. Everyone else does. But you don't have what it takes to pass that exam. You don't have what it takes to be married. You don't have what it takes to start that book. And people live with the chain of fear on one side and the chain of doubt on the other. So many times I feel these chains. And I meet so many believers and just like Peter, they're chained. What about if your miracle in May wasn't a promotion at work? What about if your miracle was you let go of the chains? The chain of shame that keeps reminding you of what you should have done or what you did. What about if at the end of today you walked out and you heard the sound of your chains falling? What if you heard the sound of your chain coming off your wrist? What about if God says you can write that book? You can pass that exam. You can sing that song. You can. I wonder what the real you, the one that God created you could, to be, would be and sound like and sing like and write like and dream like if you didn't hold on to the chains. You see, Peter, whilst he was in prison, chained to the wall, chained to the two soldiers, he couldn't move the church forward. He couldn't do the very thing that God had called him to be. And we have a decision to make today on the 7th of May. We can either sit in our chains, rattling those chains, or we can make a decision today, I'm breaking free. That's the title of my message today, I'm breaking free. We can't afford just to be a victim and sit around and feel sorry for ourselves. We've got to make a decision today that this is not my future. These chains are not my forever. And some of you, you've been sitting in chains for so long, you've got used to them. You've got used to them. I'm just used to being chained to my, to my past. I'm just used to being chained to my shame. I'm just used to being chained to my habits. I'm just used to being chained to my sin. I'm just used to being chained to pornography. I'm just used to being shamed to what everyone else thinks of me. Today we're confess confessing I am not a victim. I am an overcomer. I am not an addict today. I am more than a conqueror. I'm not staying in prison. I'm not staying chained to the terrible twins in my past. I believe today, this month, there can be a prison break that happens in your life. And who the sun sets free is free indeed. There is a breakout that can come in your mind, in your situation, in your business. Turn to the person beside you and say, I'm breaking free. 
I'm breaking free. If you're in the garden at home, you should be in church, but shout out so your neighbor can hear it. I'm breaking free. All right. I want to share five statements of faith. Five statements I want us to confess every day during May. Okay? Five statements as we break free. This is number one. I'm holding on to my promise. I'm holding on to my promise. I know it's hot, but just come with me here because I want to show you something that God showed me from this story. It says, the very night, verse 6, before Herod was to bring forward, Peter was sleeping before between two soldiers. Peter's head is about to be cut off, and he's not having a cat nap. He is asleep. Would anyone be asleep the night before they're going to be executed? Well, I, I struggle to sleep the night before an exam or the night before... So, you know, Peter's going to be executed, yet the Bible says he is fast asleep. How does anyone sleep the night before they're beheaded? I'll tell you how you sleep. You ready? They must know something that I don't know. So what did Peter know that night that Herod didn't, the soldiers didn't, and maybe even some of the disciples didn't? Well, let's go to John chapter 21. When Peter was 33 years of age, Jesus spoke to him. This is what he said. Take care of my sheep. I'm telling you the truth. When you were young, you used to get ready and go anywhere you wanted to go. But when you are old. Now, when Jesus spoke to Peter in this moment, scholars think he was approximately 44. That is not old. How do I know that 44 is not old? Because I'm 44. Can we all agree 44 is not old? Thank you. Thank you. You're with me and brothers. Peter didn't die until he was 70. Now, wait for this. He knew his time was yet to come because he remembered the promise from 10 years earlier. So when, prison went, when Peter went to sleep in prison that night, he was remembering the words that Jesus, when you are old. Are you hearing me here? How do you go to sleep the night before your execution? You hold on to the promises of Jesus. He knew his time had not yet come because he remembered the promise of Jesus. Peter believed it so much, they had to actually shake him to wake him up. The angel had to give him a good kick. You know what you can do when you're in a mess? You can remember the promise. You say, well, I haven't got a promise. There are 7,000 promises in this book. 7,000 promises. You're saying, God, I'm struggling with my finances. Philippians 4.19 says, my God shall supply all my needs according to his riches in glory. 
I'm battling with sickness. The Bible says if we lay hands on the sick, they shall recover. We've got to hold on to the promise. When we're in chains, when we're going through the battle, when we're going through the heat, when we're in the den of lions, what do we do? We hold on to the promise of God. If God promises by his stripes we are healed, right now we might be in sickness, but we hold on to the promise that healing is coming. If God promised you a spouse, you hold on to the promise. If God promised you a child, you hold on to the promise. Peter held on to the promise in the prison. Number one, I'm holding on to the promise. Number two is this, I'm getting up and putting my shoes on. The angel says, quick, get up. And the chains fell off. Now, interesting, we could just skip over this. Interesting, he had to get up before the chains fell off. He had to get up. Often we want God to remove our stuff and then we'll get up. And God says, no, 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 you need to get up. God's saying today to some of you, get up. You need to get up and get yourself to church. You need to get up and get yourself to your Bible. You need to get up and get yourself in the posture of prayer. You need to get up and start serving and helping someone else in greater need than yourself. The Bible's looking at this. God's looking at this and he's saying, hey, the first thing you've got to do is recognize the chains, hold on to the promise, and then you've got to make, make a decision to get up. Many of you know the story of the invalid at the pool of Bethsaida. He's been there for 38 years in the same condition. And Jesus comes along. What's the first two words he says to him? Get up. Get up. He doesn't give him a pity party. He just says, get up. And God is saying, you know, we live in a society where everyone is waiting for someone else to pick them up. Everyone's a victim. God is saying today, pick yourself up. Pick yourself up. Stop feeling sorry for yourself and get up. Get up. Turn to the person next to you say, it's time to get up. It's time to get up. It's time to get up. Watching online, it's time to get up. Monday morning last week, I'll be honest, I didn't want to get up. Oh, the alarm went off at six o'clock and I said, are we really running a marathon today? Everything in me wanted just to pull that duvet over me. Cut on my wife or stop there. <laughs> but you, that's for the marriage session later on in the year. Settle down. But you know, sometimes in life, you've just got to get up. You've just got to get up. And God is saying today, I know you want me to perform a miracle in your life. I know you want to turn the job situation around. But it begins by making a decision. Today, I'm going to get up. I am no longer a victim. I'm not just going to wait for someone to come and get me and pick me up. I'm going to make a decision. As David said, he encouraged himself in the Lord. And sometimes you've got to speak yourself happy. You've got to speak faith into your soul. You've got to make a decision. I'm getting up. There was probably 10 times in that marathon last Monday. And I just told myself how good I was. <laughs> so you're incredible, John. You're going to make it. You are showing proper determination and grit. This is incredible what you're doing. You are an amazing pastor. You are leading with such grit and determination. 
Some of you think I'm being arrogant. I wasn't saying it to you. I was saying it to me. Because sometimes you've got to speak yourself. You've got to speak faith into your very core, into your very being. You've got to speak to yourself. I think miracles in May is actually a test from God of how much we're prepared to do. You know, I think if we're prepared to run and bake and help and serve and give of what we have, I think God will say, you know what? I can come in and do the rest. But it begins by getting up, getting yourself up. Chantal and I have been leading Soul Church for nine years in July, and what we've realized is this is if we have to constantly get someone up, they always revert back to their old behaviors. But when somebody makes a decision, I'm getting myself up, things will change. And you know, I can preach to you till you're blue in the face and I run out of puff. But until you make a decision, I'm getting up tomorrow and I'm going to read my Bible, nothing's going to change. It's not going to change until you get the revelation that you have to change. Do you really want to get well? I've got to get myself up. You know, someone said to me last week, they said, oh, it's all right for you. You run marathons or, trust me, it's not all right for me. I am human just like you are human. I mean, if you would have been in our house this morning at six o'clock when our alarms went off, Chantel goes like, oh, are you all right? I said, not too good. How are you? And we're like, we are human. Sometimes we don't even want to come to church. Because <laughs> we feel tired. And so we feel what you feel. And then on the way to church this morning, our kids are going at it. I'm, I'm trying to preach God's word. And one of them said to the other one, I won't repeat which one. I don't even know if God loves you. I'm like, where's their mother? You know what? It just takes effort to be a dad. To be a mom, as you know, it takes an effort to lead. It takes an effort to get up. But we've got to make a determination today. I'm not just going to sit down, sit back, wait for someone to come and cheer me up, get me up. I'm going to make a decision today. I'm getting up. Jesus said to the, woman, the, the man at Bethsaida, get up, get up. Verse 8 says this, the angel said to him, prepare yourself and strap on your sandals to get ready for what may happen. He did so. This is brilliant. God didn't just want to remove Peter's chains, he wanted to move him forward. You know, a lot of people, oh, it's great that my chains are off. But God doesn't just remove your chains to keep you where you're at. He wants you to move forward. And the angel says to Peter, put your shoes on. What does shoes symbolize? time to move forward. You know, the hardest part of training or running a marathon isn't the running, it's putting your shoes on. I'll let you into another Norman secret. There have been times we've put our shorts on, our t-shirt on, our socks on, and we've never actually gone for a run. Because <laughs> that's the easy bit. The hardest, because once you put your outside shoes on, you're in. You committed. You're over the line. They've got mud on them. You don't want to traipse that back through the house. So what do you do? You go, I've got to get out the door. And the angel says to Peter, get your shoes on, son. We're about to go for a walk. And God is saying today, put your shoes on. These are the shoes of faith. 
Make a decision. It's time to move forward. I believe however young or old you are, there is more ahead of you than behind you. And I don't want anything to hold you back from any mountain, any place. You know, God is going to call people out of Soul Church into cities and nations around the world. But he cannot do that if you're chained. This is why debt is such a problem to society. Because you know what debt does? It chains you. You can't go anywhere. God calls you to Africa to do a mission. You can't because you're in debt. I'm going to be teaching on this later in the year. We're doing a series on wisdom, but one of the things the enemy loves to do is chain you in debt. Once you're chained in debt, you're stuck. I want to help students. I want to talk to them about student loans. I want to talk to them about some of the things that want to keep us back in life. Credit cards, store cards, because they're chains around people's hands and chains around people's ankles. God wants you to start walking forward. And Peter must be thinking, wow, where are we going? And the angels, didn't, he didn't let them in on it. He just said, I'm, I'm taking you ahead. I'm moving you forward. I'm holding on to the promise. I'm getting up and putting my shoes on. Number three is I'm walking forward as a worshiper. He says, the angel told him, put on your robe and follow me. In the Bible, the robe represented a garment of praise, a garment of worship. The Bible talks about putting on a garment of worship instead of the spirit of heaviness. You can trade your chains for the garment of worship. You know, I love, I love getting into church on a Sunday. The worship. I mean, today, talk about holy ground. We were standing on holy ground. I mean, we were talking to someone this week in our group. And they said, I just cannot wait to walk through those doors and experience the worship. And Melody and the team are doing such a phenomenal job ushering us in every week into the presence of God. And there's nothing like, there's nothing like corporate worship, but there's something else that's called private worship. Private worship. You know, you can be a private worshiper in your car on the way to church. You can be a private worshiper in the grounds of the university. You can be a private worshiper as you walk to work. You can be a private worshiper in the shower. It's a scary place. You know, we're not actually told what happened to the guards, the 16 guards. All we know is that they disappeared. When you make a decision to get up, put your shoes on, and start walking forward as a worshiper, here's what happens. Enemies have to flee. Enemies have to flee. There was, in, the, in, in the scriptures, there was 12 tribes of Judah. 12 tribes. One of the, sorry, 12 tribes of Israel. And one of those tribes was called Judah. They weren't a fighting tribe. The rest of them were fighting tribes with spears and arrows and, 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 and daggers and swords. But the tribe of Judah weren't killers or highly trained soldiers. They were musicians. They were worshippers. And they marched at the front of Israel's armies. And they would wave flags and play tambourines and sing and shout. Because the word Judah means worship. And any time, the Bible says that any time that Judah went first, they won the battle. You know, when you get up in the morning and you make a decision to leave your chains, 
to put your shoes on and to put the garment of worship around your neck and you begin not to tune into Radio 1, but you begin, to, you begin to put some worship on, begin to lift your hands and you begin to send worship, you begin to send Judah first. You are sending a spiritual force, a spiritual uh, 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 conqueror into your situation. The word means worship. Judges 20.18 says, which of us shall go up first to the battle against the children of Benjamin? And the Lord said, send Judah. Often, the last thing you have to do is the very thing you need to do. You've got to make a decision. I'm going to be a worshiper. Send Judah first this week. Send Judah first. Send Judah first before you go into the exam hall. Put on that garment of praise. You know, we put our socks on, our trousers on, and our tops on. What about we put that garment of praise on? That garment of praise before I head out to work tomorrow morning. I'm going to be a worshiper. I'm going to send Judah first into my situation. And look what happens in the story. When Peter was walking as a worshiper, he didn't even push the door. The Bible says that the door opened. You know, we live in a world where everybody's trying to get famous. We live in a world where people want to be seen. People want things to happen for them. This is interesting that Peter didn't have to do anything. It says that the door, this isn't just a wooden door. This was an iron gate. The Bible says it opened in front of him. When you have the courage to get up, put your shoes of faith on, put on the garment of praise, there will be doors in your life that will open for you like you'd never dreamt of. All I know is sometimes I try and push doors and they stay closed. But when I'm a worshiper, when I'm trusting God, he will open doors in my life that I could never imagine. I don't know how those doors for that new job are going to open. All I know is keep worshiping. The favor of God will unlock every door to your destiny that you can imagine. 2013. December the 23rd, we left Cape Town, South Africa, and we were coming back to, to start a church somewhere we didn't know where. And uh, we had 10 suitcases, we had a car seat, a pram, and a whole load of other boxes. And we just had some very standard air tickets. And as we left Cape Town International Airport, the guy dropping me off in the van, he says, have you paid for extra luggage? And I said, no, I said, we're trusting God for a miracle. We're in, the, we're in the line. I'm saying, God, you've got to do something here because I don't want to have to put this. There's a lot of money to get all that stuff on. And as I looked up, God said, don't go here. He pointed at a man on the other side. He said, go to that man there. He said, I'll make a way where there seems to be no way. I've got our stuff. I said, Chantel, miracle. We're going to head down. We stood down there. I walked up to the, the, the check-in desk I said, hello. He says, how many bags have you got? I was like, <coughs> a lot. He said, how many is a lot? I said, somewhere between 10 and 12. He says, well, which one is it? <laughs> and he said, that's fine. All he did is said, that's fine. You see, when some of you look at me going, that's impossible. I'm going to come on to you a lot in a minute. <laughs> when you're serving God, and when you're trusting God, and when you're living a life of worship... God will do things and open doors for you that you don't deserve, that you could never have imagined. And I'm declaring over you 
this month that large doors are going to open for you. Doors are going to swing open doors of favor over God's children. We've declared this is the year of the Lord's favor. We've got to step out, hold on to the promise, get up and keep putting our shoes on, keep walking forward as a worshiper. Number four is expect our prayers to be answered. Interesting, Peter gets, he comes out of jail. Where's the first place he goes? He goes to a prayer meeting. If I just got let out of jail, I'm going to five guys. Anyone else? I'm going for a burger. I think I'll, I'll go to the prayer meeting tomorrow. It says he, he heads straight to the place where he's praying for, being prayed for. And Peter's family and friends, they've gathered to pray for, miracle for a, a miracle for Peter. It's interesting, if Peter was a lone ranger, he'd still be in a mess. The fact Peter was part of that community, I'm talking about that heavy heart. The fact that Peter was part of that community showed that he had people looking out for him. Interested. And he comes to the door of the prayer meeting, and a girl called Rhoda answers. And Rhoda says to the rest of the crew at the prayer meeting, Peter's at the door. Interesting what she comes back with the, the people at the prayer meeting, full of faith says. Verse 15. Keep going. You are out of your mind. You are out of your mind. They are praying for a miracle, but not actually expecting one. You know you can be worshipping God and actually not worshipping God. You can be talking about miracles and thinking fear. You can be speaking faith and talking worry. They're at a prayer meeting, praying for Peter's release. He's released. They get to the prayer meeting... Oh, that, that, that's impossible. That's what the word says. How many times can we be like that? We can pray for something and actually not believe it's going to happen. I call them unbelieving believers. We have a choice every day. If there's one thing that concerns me in the church, the church... Across this nation, it's this. It's faith has gone. Faith has gone. We've lost faith in the church. Whenever you lose faith, you lose hope. And that's the state of our nation right now. And we have to get a church full of faith again. We have a choice every day. We can pray with or without faith. When we pray prayers like, my God shall supply all my needs, do we actually believe it? And I'm being challenged on this because I'm talking from the stage that our building is going to be paid in full with overflow. Do you know what? We've actually got to believe that God's going to eradicate the mortgage on our new building in Jesus' name. My God shall supply my needs. It's not a poem. It's not a nursery rhyme. It's not fiction. It's not jargon. It's the living, breathing, inspired promise of the Word of God. And I want to encourage you this miracle month of May to pray with faith. 
So you pray and actually believe when you're in a prayer meeting, when you're on your knees, when you're praying, actually believe that there is a turnaround and change that's going to happen in your kids, in your family. Not just, I'm going to pray and then I'll expect the same. Because when you pray and expect the same, you get the same. You've got to pray and expect a turnaround in the situation. I'm expecting this week an email to arrive with blessing to this church. I'm expecting a phone call of God's goodness. I'm expecting for our students to exceed in their exams this year. I'm expecting for overflow in your situation. I'm expecting businesses to thrive within our church community. I'm expecting health and blessing. I'm expecting freedom over the Teen Challenge lads. I'm expecting, come on, we don't just want to pray. We want to pray with expectation. I'm holding on to the promise. I'm getting up and putting my shoes on. I'm walking forward as a worshiper. Number four, I'm expecting my prayers to be answered. And number five, and finally, is this. I'm determined to tell my miracle story. Verse 17, it says he told them. First thing he does, they bring him in. They think he's a ghost or an angel. They bring him in and he tells of how the Lord led him out of prison. Peter arrives at the scene. He says, hey, everyone sit down. Get the kettle on. I've got a story to tell you. I've got a story to tell you about 20 minutes ago. I was sitting in a prison. There were 16 guards. I was chained. Everybody thought I was as good as dead. But I remember something that Jesus had said to me 10 years back that I was going to have good life. I was going to live to a ripe old age. And so I sat back. I began to shut my eyes. I got into a deep sleep. And then an angel came along and he kicked me. And he said, wake up. We're leaving here. And suddenly doors began to open. I mean, you'd be, who'd love to hear that story told? Peter's sitting there telling his story. Can you imagine the faith and the expectation in the room? Now, here's the thing. Everybody has a story. Everyone has a story. You know, your story is part of your miracle. Everyone has a story of how they arrived into this place. Some of you, your story's not finished. Some of you, your story needs to be told. Three or four months ago, I was at Mum's she lives next door and we were sitting there having a cup of tea and Alan and Pimlot, um, they came over for, for some dinner. We, I was just meaning just to pop in and say hi, but Alan had had a serious condition that he contracted in India many years ago and for around 15 years of his life he had hepatitis, serious, serious condition and was bedridden, bedridden for 15 years. Couldn't get out of bed, couldn't hardly do an hour's work a day, couldn't, couldn't do anything. He was telling us this story. He got invited to a Benny Hinn crusade somewhere in America. And in that, in, that, in, that, in that arena, God miraculously healed him in a flash, in a, in a moment, in an instant, in an instant. He talks about that story, how he never, ever went back. God miraculously I thought, wow. I didn't even know that, the extent of that story. He comes in here, he's helping his son build a phenomenal church. and He's working as a carpenter. Incredible. God healed him. Do you know you have a story? You have a story. Maybe it's a healing. Maybe it's a, I was once, I was lost, but now I was fine. I was once an addict, but now I'm free. I was once in darkness, now I'm in his light. 
When was the last time you shared your story? When was the last time you shared your story? You know, we need to hear your story. Because when you share your story, it builds hope in me. It builds hope. By the way, it doesn't build faith. It's only the Word of God that builds faith. Hope doesn't come from someone sharing their story. Faith doesn't come. It's faith comes from the Word and the Word of God. Hope comes. But we need more hope givers. Maybe, maybe you've been through a tragedy. Maybe you've been through a loss. Maybe you've been through grief. Maybe you lost a child. Maybe you've been through trauma. Maybe you've been through abuse. Yet you, through God's strength, you're coming out the other side. God is saying today, it's time to share your story. It's time to use your story. When Peter got to the room, the first thing he did is he shared his story. When God does something, tell someone. With your miracle comes a responsibility. Revelation chapter 12, 11 says they overcame by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony, their story. And I believe in this month that we're going to hear miracle stories. And even if God does something small, share your story. God does something big, share your story. I want to set a challenge for us. Every day in the month of May, tell something of what God has done in people's lives. Because it could be the story that says, if God did it for them, God can do it for me. Someone in this room knows someone close to them who's got hepatitis. As I shared that story, you, you found hope today. You found hope today. Wow, I'm going to believe God. For others, it could be God, I was in debt. God helped me out of a pit of debt. And if God got you out of debt, God can get the person around you out of debt. God can help you. God can move you forward. I'm holding on to the promise. I'm getting up today and I'm putting my shoes on. Come on, I'm walking towards the mark as a worshiper. I'm expecting this week. I'm not just going to pray any prayers. I'm expecting my prayers to be answered. And I am determined to tell my story. Amen. Amen. Let's stand to our feet. Let's stand to our feet. I, wanna, I know it's hot and it's stuffy and I've preached far too long. But I believe today there are people you've been holding on to chains of the past, of shame and of guilt. God is saying it's time to get up. It's time to move forward. It's time to let go of the thing that's keeping you tied down. And say, John, Pastor John, today you've been preaching to me. All through, this, all through this message, I know I'm not free. I've had the chains of fear and anxiety. God, I need you to set me free today. You're saying no more chains. No more closed doors. No more doubting you. Today, I'm getting up. Come on. If you say today, I'm getting up. Wave your hand and say, I'm getting up. I want you to come down the front. If you're saying right now, I'm getting up. This is you putting your shoes of faith on. You're saying, I'm moving forward. I'm moving forward. If you get up, I believe today. If you get up, the chains will come off today. The chains of fear. The chains of doubt. Hallelujah. Come on, you come. You come. You come. Our team are waiting. We want to pray for you. We want to pray for you. Bring your chains. Bring your chains today. If you've got the courage to step out of your seat this morning, I believe God today, He can set you free. Keep coming, that's it. Man, we're going to have some team over here. Come on, don't let go today. If you're a group leader in the church, if you're faith-filled, spirit-filled, would you come and pray? We've got so many people. Come on, let's begin to pray. I want everyone with someone today.
everyone feeling surrounded, everyone feeling a sense of love and community here today. Thank you, Lord. Come on, God, I'm not going to let go of the promise today. If you, God has promised you long life, you claim the promise today. If God's promised you full health, you claim the promise today. If God's promised you a child, you claim the promise today. Come on. Hallelujah. I'm getting up. I'm getting up today. I'm getting up today. in your chains. Just begin to lift your hands. Declare, I'm getting up today. I'm getting up today. I'm not going to let go of the promise. Hallelujah. I'm walking forward. I'm walking forward. God, I will not let go of the promise. I will not let go of the promise. Peter refused to let go of the promise. Ten years before it was when he got the promise. For some of you, you've been waiting a long time for the promise. God is reminding you today, do not let go of the promise. Who's saying God's given me a promise and I'm not going to let it go? If God's promised you a husband, there's a husband coming. If God's promised you health in your body, in your mind, that means health and freedom is coming to your health, to your body and to your mind. God's promised you a child. God's going to give you a child. Come on, I'm just speaking out in faith here. I'm speaking out in faith. Because the other option is we just live with the chains. We just live in the past. We live in the shame. But today, we're going to hear the chains. It's the sound of the believers. It's the sound of God's children getting free. Come on, I'm going to do it again. Because some of you need to hear this sound. It's the sound of freedom. It's the sound of change falling. It's the sound of change falling. Come on. I really feel I need to pray for people who are chained to pornography today. I don't know why I need to pray for this, but I feel like that men and women, you've been chained to pornography. God's going to break that off you today. God is going to break that from you. I'm speaking to the camera, I'm speaking to the room, and I don't want hands to go up. I'm not here to embarrass people. But right now, God wants to set people free from the chains of pornography. Pornography. And so right now, I want everybody to lift their hands, everyone, okay? I'm going to pray. So that includes everyone. I'm going to pray that God is going to set people free from this, because this is a chain that will hold you back. This is a chain this will keep you down. This is a chain that will make you feel dirty. This is a chain that will not allow you to move forward. So right now, in the name of Jesus, for those in, in, in watching at home, for those in the room, I, I, I pray by the name of Jesus that you would give them the courage and the strength today to let go of that addiction. Father, we hear the chains of pornography breaking today in Jesus' name. And who the Son sets free is free indeed. Father, today people walk out knowing they're forgiven, they're clean in Jesus' name. Come on, one more time. Amen. Amen. What a sense of freedom in the house. You can walk out today knowing your chains are behind you. You can walk out today with the shoes of faith on. 
the garment of praise on. You can walk out knowing that doors are going to open as you continue to worship. We've not got to stress or strive this week. God's going to open iron gates that have been shut. They're going to open in front of you. There are opportunities coming as we continue to put on the garment of worship. And I'm expecting my prayers to be answered. I don't want to be like Rhoda and the team. Oh God, I thank you that you're going to answer my prayers. You can't really do that. Oh God, you're so good. Are you really good? No, 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 no. We're going to pray with expectation this week. And then we've got stories to tell. We've got stories to tell. We've got stories to tell. Wouldn't it be great if we put Instagrams out and tweets out, not about conspiracies, but about God's goodness. Wouldn't that be great if we put Instagrams out, not look at me, look at God. Wouldn't it be great if we just bragged on Jesus for a week, for a month in May, saying, look at what He's done in my life. He transformed me. He changed me. He, he removed the chains from my life. Come on, one more time. I hear the chains. Praise God. I want to pray for one more group of people. I know we've gone way over, but it's all good. You say, John, I'm carrying the greatest chain of all. I'm carrying the chain of sin. I'm carrying this chain of my choices. And God, today I want to let go of the heaviest weight of them all. Jesus went to the cross and he bore your shame. He bore your sin. He took the weight so you didn't have to carry it. You don't have to be chained to the past. You don't have to be chained to your sin anymore. Today, you can be free. You can walk out of here knowing that your sins are forgiven. You can have the assurance of eternal life. But it simply begins by acknowledging it, saying, God, thank you for Jesus. I believe he is the Son of God. I believe he died and he rose again. I believe today my sins can be forgiven as I put my trust in you. And you can let go of the chain of sin. I don't know who I'm talking to right now, but if your heart's beating a little bit quicker than it should, if you're saying today, John, I want to accept Jesus as my Savior, from the front to the back, the left to the right, all I want you to do is just slip up your hand right now and say, pray for me, pray for me, pray for me. Include me in this. God bless you, God bless you, God bless you. Amazing. Anyone else say that's for me? God bless you. All right. We're going to say this prayer together out loud. Dear Lord Jesus, thank you for dying for me. Thank you that you forgave all my sins and my failures so that I can have a brand new start. Please come into my heart and help me by the power of the Holy Spirit to trust and to live for you. Amen. Amen. Come on, let's congratulate. And if you said that prayer for the first time or, you know, you felt a reconnection to God there, our team are outside. We've got a Bible for you and we'd love to give you that on the way out. But please tell someone that's the greatest chain that you could ever lose. It's the chain of sin. So fantastic. One more time. Would you congratulate everyone who said that prayer? 
Thanks again for tuning in. And if you said the salvation prayer today, we'd love for you to email connecttofaith at soulchurch.com so we can talk to you a little bit more about this incredible decision that you've just made. Yeah, you know, and if at any point in the service you felt moved to give towards any of our local or global initiatives, then head to soulchurch.com and click on the giving at the top of the page. Thanks again for joining us today. And we hope to see you again soon. God bless.